It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every single day of the week. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify and all of the other major podcast platforms out there. Make sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. We do have Christmas Eve this Friday. But if you guys send me enough questions in, then I will give you an episode for you to listen on Christmas Eve as we are here on this holiday season, or during this holiday season, rather. Um, so make sure to go ahead and do that. You can either at me or DM me. What we knew was going to be a rough day for the Carolina Panthers when we saw the news that Zane Gonzalez, the kicker for the Carolina Panthers, had pulled his quad at the beginning of the game in warmups and would not be kicking mean the Carolina Panthers had to go out there and find someone to step up and do the job. There was film of PJ Walker trying to kick field goals. Brandon Zilster was also out there. Lachlan Edwards, the punter who you would assume would take over the kicking responsibilities. Let's go back to week one when the Jets punter was injured and they had to go to their kicker, Matt Amendola, who once upon a time was here in Carolina Panthers camp back during mandatory minicamp trying out for the kicking position that was open at the time, at least trying to be competition to Joey Sly. He came in and punted week one for the Jets and actually did a pretty good job. Well, unfortunately, the Carolina Panthers weren't in the same situation where Lachlan Edwards is Australian. And apparently in Australia, where they have Australian rules football, I guess they don't do place kicking. I have no idea what it even looks like. He was not comfortable enough doing it. So Chase Blackburn, the special teams coordinator for the Carolina Panthers, went into the locker room and asked, has anyone ever kicked before in their life? Brandon Zilsa put up his hand, said, I did it back in high school, and he became the Carolina Panthers kicker on Sunday afternoons. And I will, I will give Brandon Zilsa some credit, man. He's been a key special teamer for this team the last two seasons. Does a great job in coverage. He actually has turned himself into a halfway decent wide receiver. He's Probably been their third best wide receiving option so far this season. And he did as good of a job as could be expected, kicking the ball off on Sunday afternoon for the Carolina Panthers. That is one of the positive things that we can say about this Carolina Panthers team as they fall on the road to the Buffalo Bills 31-14. to I wanted to start there so that we could at least sit there and pat someone on the back and be like, thank you for the effort that you put out there on the field today. Because once again, it was another frustrating Sunday for the Carolina Panthers. And I don't sit here and look at Sunday's loss to Buffalo as a surprise at all. I mean, they open up as 11.5-point underdogs uh, on the road. I don't know what the line eventually came out to. I'm sure Buffalo obviously covered by winning by 17 points. But it's not like anyone really expected the Carolina Panthers to go out there and to be competitive. And they were actually pretty competitive. I didn't think they played poorly today. It's just we knew going in that this was unlikely to be a game the Carolina Panthers would win. And Matt Rule talks about wanting to play meaningful football games in December. And when you look at the 
Carolina Panthers only being a game out of the playoffs. They technically were playing a meaningful football game in December. But you and I know, and we've known for a couple weeks now, that the Carolina Panthers aren't going to be a playoff team this season. And that the next three weeks are going to be pretty painful to watch as they still have to play the defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers twice over the next three weeks and have to go on the road to New Orleans. Things weren't going to be easy. We knew going back in the summer that the final four-game stretch was going to be difficult. It just stinks to sit here at this point in the season and to know that the Carolina Panthers probably have little to no chance of winning any of these games moving forward, even on the road against New Orleans. Why is that? Like, what is wrong with the Carolina Panthers? Why have we gotten to the point where the Carolina Panthers are a team that we have little faith in every single Sunday late into year two of Matt Rule? How did we get here? How? Matt Rule talked about it on Sunday that the Carolina Panthers' biggest issue, at least on offense, is the lack of, I guess, a big threat downfield passing game. And I have to agree with them offensively when you look at it. The offensive line is a massive problem. They started their 10th different combination today with Cameron at left tackle, Michael Jordan at left guard, Pat Elflein at center, John Miller back at right guard, and then the only constant on this team when it comes to that offense really is Taylor Moten at right tackle. A unit where, as I've said, you're not going to have success even if they're healthy, but you have zero chance of having success when you're starting a 10th different combination this season. You have all the injuries that they've had, the inactives, the COVID deals, guys on season-ending IR. There's just not a positive formula for the Carolina Panthers offensive line to be effective and to play well with those kind of injuries. That being said, they stink. We all know that. We saw it late in the game when the Carolina Panthers were still in it, had an opportunity to drive down the field and get down to third and fourth down. And two of the priority free agent signings, Cam Irving and Pat Offline, both just got whooped. And John Miller, who was re-signed to come back for one more year, just got whooped by F.A. Abada, who was here last season. And now is in Buffalo, like all other Carolina Panthers players have gone and done. And he's having success with the Bills. And he had two major sacks in what, in the end, turned out to be an F.A. Obata revenge game. A.J. Klein, also a former Carolina Panther, was able to get an interception to close out the game in a pass. I just don't know what exactly Cam Newton was looking at there. But it didn't really matter. The game was already over at that point in time. The O-line has been terrible all season long. But the quarterback play has not been much better. It's been bad. And the passing game has been dreadful. The Carolina Panthers have not had a 300-yard passing game since they played the Minnesota Vikings and lost that game in overtime. That was 10 weeks ago. They've gone 10 weeks without a 300-plus passing yard game. You're not going to win like that in the NFL. You're not going to be able to win games trying to grind it out on the ground. And Cam Newton was absolutely effective in the run game. They didn't really lean on Amir Abdullah or Chuba Hubbard to run the football. Cam was really good in the run game today. So I give him a ton of credit. And I'm not going to sit here and say Cam played bad at all because he didn't play bad. Now, the numbers passing-wise don't look good at all, and they weren't good today. He was, what, 18? As I'm pulling it up right now. He was 18 of 38 for 156 yards. That's 4.1 yards average. Sacked four times on his fault. Had a rating of 56 and a half. Well, you know, a couple of those. He's got to get rid of the football, but also when you watch the game on TV, it's very hard to see who's even open or not to know whether it's a covered sack or whether it's Cam Newton's fault. I don't know. Sacks aren't always on the offensive line, but a lot of times they are. They're also on the quarterback. We had the same conversation with Sam Darnold, but 18 of 38, 156 yards passing, one touchdown, one interception. That didn't really matter. He took care of the football. Outside of that one play where they were already down by 17, the game was over. 15 carries, 71 yards, one touchdown. Carolina Panthers don't have a Cam Newton problem. It's not his fault that they lost. He's doing the best that he can do. 
this is as good as we're going to get, it seems like, from Cam, at least under the current circumstances with him returning to Carolina. The Washington game, he was really solid. He also didn't necessarily put up like huge numbers in that game either when it came to the passing game against Washington. I mean, 21 of 2,789 yards, two touchdowns. He had another rushing touchdown, so the three touchdowns. If they could get that out of him every week, that helps. Just the problem for the Carolina Panthers, though, is that's just not going to be enough in today's NFL to be successful. Unless you're the Pittsburgh Steelers where they have a really effective running game and they have a well-disciplined team and a well-coached team by Mike Tomlin, you can't win games grinding down on the ground that the Carolina Panthers are trying to do here. It's just not going to happen. It's not. And not having an effective downfield passing game, the only time they even really threw it down the field was to throw to DJ Moore who, had, who was open and came under through him. It was a bad throw. There might be an argument for pass interference, but I've always thought it was complete BS that you can throw pass interference for a poorly passed thrown ball. Like, I don't, I never liked that as a cop out. Like, I hate if you, if a quarterback throws a bad ball, they should not get rewarded with a penalty at all. But that was a bad throw. And Cam just wasn't great in the passing game today. And the Carolina Panthers haven't been great in the passing game pretty much all season long. So it's been a season long issue. Matt Rule doesn't have the answers for it. Cam doesn't have the answers for it. Robbie Anderson doesn't have the answers for it. But that is a major issue for the Carolina Panthers. I know a lot of people out there crushing Matt Rule for saying that, but it's a fact. It is. And that's not necessarily – that's not a cam issue. It's just an overall issue the Carolina Panthers have had all season long. It goes to the lack of the offensive line being able to protect, the regression of wide receivers, mainly Robbie Anderson, and then just the quarterback play has just not been good enough. So until the Carolina Panthers fix that – and can enter the 21st century of playing football and throwing it down the field and be able to just really throw it around the yard like a lot of these other teams that are successful in the NFL can do, they're going to have a hard time winning football games. And we saw it again once again today as they lost to the Buffalo Bills on the road 31-14. to uh, We'll get into more of what happened on Sunday as, honestly, I'm just running out of things to even say to y'all about this team as just another week, same old issues, and getting pretty tired of seeing it. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes, the power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all that brain power too, and the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all that knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offer slash coverage is not available everywhere or for all phones slash networks. See BoostMobile.com for more details. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So what's the fix? How do you fix the passing game here in Carolina? What do you do? Christian McCaffrey not being healthy obviously hasn't helped things out. DJ Moore has had as good of a season as you can ask from someone in his position 
where once again he's going through another season without an effective quarterback back there. And it stinks for him. Uh, it's going to hurt him in terms of ever trying to be a pro bowler and the kind of money that he's going to want. But we'll see what his future is. I'm sure he'll be fine with Drew Rosenhaus as his agent. But it stinks not to be able to see DJ Moore get to reach his full potential just because they have not had an effective passer back there all season long. Robbie Anderson has struggled this year. He's been better the last couple of weeks as they've made more of a concerted effort to get him the football. But early on in the season, Robbie Anderson just wasn't the kind of guy we really hoped he would be this season after signing that extension. It's all just not good enough. And it all falls back on Matt Rule. It does. And... Because you got to you got to look at it like how do the Carolina Panthers put themselves in this situation where they are 15 weeks, I guess, now through a season and they've gone 10 without 300 yards passing in a game. Like, how do they get to this situation? It's, I mean, I'm trying to answer it myself, but I don't it's I'm just dumbfounded at how it's this bad this late into the second year of a head coach. This is as good as we're going to get from Cam, I feel like. And unfortunately, that's just not good enough. What Cam Newton did out there today, if they have a kicker, the game is closer. Like, they're not in the situations where they're stalling out and then they're having to try and go for it, even though Matt Rule said that they'd be more aggressive if they had those fourth and three or fourth and four situations in plus territory. Not having Zane Gonzalez took a couple points off the board. Matt Rule also pointed out that a couple points were put on the board by some of the dumb penalties that they had with the personal fouls. But that falls back on coaching. It does. It falls back on Matt Rule, and he has said that in the past. And I know a lot of people look at Matt as he just blames everyone else. And the fourth down and one call that everyone hated when you have Cam Newton as your quarterback, Matt Rule claims that was Cam Newton making the wrong read there. The screen would have been blown up anyway because Brandon Zostra didn't block, and Robbie Anderson would have gotten annihilated had he even gotten an opportunity to actually catch the ball had it been a well-thrown ball. Maybe Cam was just trying to burn it. I don't know, but apparently Cam should have handed the football off and they had it blocked. At least that's what Matt Rule saw, and it would have been a first down. But that's not what happened, and they ended up turning the ball over on downs at the 50-yard line. Leads to what Buffalo, I think they scored on that next drive. Not great. But overall, just the offense is – it's the same stuff that we've seen all season long, where the offense line gives up four sacks. I mean, some of them maybe can get rid of the football, but either way, the FAO bottom ones, the last two that we saw, just came down to them just getting whooped by a player who – has a fantastic story who we loved here in Carolina, but like F.O. Obata is not some sort of world beater out here, and he's making Cam Irving and John Miller and Pat Elfline look like complete bums. Like he's clowning these dudes, man, and that's just awful to see. Like Cam didn't even have a chance on those plays, didn't have a chance at all, and he did everything he could in his power to go out there and win this game because he took care of the football this week, the last interception. Whatever, game was over anyways, and I don't really know what what was going on in that situation, but it's not that big of a deal. Not worried about it. He did everything that you would need at your quarterback today, at least from what we've seen the last couple of weeks, where they talk about the catastrophic turnovers that they've had. They had those last week. Cam and PJ had them, and today Cam didn't have that, and it still just wasn't good enough for the Carolina Panthers to win, and that's really frustrating to get a good game out of Cam Newton and good by just what the reasonable expectations should be. Because at this point in his career, I just don't see Cam Newton being a guy who's going to consistently give you 
these big-time passing performances. Now, next week, he might go out there and do it against Tampa. I just don't think that you're going to get that. What you saw today, really particularly against Washington, where he was like 21 to 27, had 189 and the two touchdowns and took care of the football and also had the rushing touchdown, like that's the best of what we can get out of Cam. And today is kind of the what you that's going to be a pretty solid effort for the most part if you have all these other parts that are working. But they just don't have enough of a threat offensively by going down the field to be able to neutralize a defense like the Buffalo Bills that came in as one of the best defenses in the league. The Carolina Panthers and Buffalo Bills defenses are one and two in the league. And you just can't beat a good Buffalo defense like this if you can't throw the ball downfield, if you can't be able to mix things up and to confuse them. Because when they know a run's going to come, they can sit there and they're ready for it. But either way, like Cam still played well in the run game. And the Carolina Panthers still ran for 151 yards. So they were, they were effective enough to do that. They just didn't have enough change of pace stuff. And knowing that you're going to have to grind out drives and get down the field, it's why the Carolina Panthers, and they, of course, they would have kicked field goals in some situations. It just stinks that you just knew going into the game, once Zane was out, that it's going to make things even more difficult to try and keep up with a Buffalo Bills team. And the defense, maybe they got to play better. I look at the Brian Burns uh, situation early in the game with just trying to scoop and score. You got to come up with that. Should he have fallen on it? I don't know. Brian said after the game that he doesn't regret his decision, what he tried to do there, that they run that drill and just the ball just kind of died on him and he was just going a little bit too fast and missed it. Those are one of those situations where the first Panthers score came off of a Jeremy Chin interception. And we've seen throughout the season the defense making big plays and the offense not doing anything with the football, especially when given the ball in plus territory. They capitalized that situation, which was great. Loved it. But then, you know, giving up the personal foul or whatever and then leading to Buffalo getting that field goal before the half. You hate to see that. But then again, like, the burn situation could have so quickly changed the momentum and tenor of the game early on where if he gets that, get Cam in the offense in the red zone and hopefully they go out there and score a touchdown and you got seven, you got an eight nothing lead, maybe six nothing, eight nothing, however things would have planned out with the two point conversion. That could have changed the situation early on in Carolina. And that's just how thin the margins are for this team to have success and to win. Like, in no way am I blaming Brian Burns and the defense for the loss. I just don't really know if you really can blame anybody. Like, the Bills are just a better team. The Panthers got in situations where on another day they would have been able to just take the points. Instead, they couldn't do that. And the offense is just limited overall in a lot of key factors and areas that it's just going to make it really hard for them to beat a team like Buffalo. So I'm not really all that upset and all that frustrated by what I saw on Sunday because I, I thought the effort was there. It's just a few areas where if the Panthers were better in those situations, which they haven't been all season long, then maybe they have a chance to win on Sunday against Buffalo. But it was a competitive game going into the fourth quarter. And that's pretty much a lot of what everyone would ask for. It just... Unfortunately, right now, it's not enough. And the playoff picture, I try to be positive about it, try to bring up, hey, this is the way they can be a playoff team. They've now guaranteed themselves to have yet another losing season in Carolina. Uh, organization here in the 27th season that has never had back-to-back winning seasons. And this is, what, the fourth year under David Tepper. And once again, David Tepper is going to see another losing season since he bought the team with $2.25 billion straight cash. So what does that mean for Matt Rule? His hand-picked head coach. Can't mean a lot of good things. Because as I've said, the next three weeks, going to be tough for the Carolina Panthers to even get a win in 5-12. and 12. Who, buddy? That is not going to go well with the boss. All right. We'll get into that here in just a moment. 
This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. Will you have raspberry mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie? Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it. Are you friends of Santa? Well, tell Santa to throw a few Built Bars in those stockings with so many flavors, they'd make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Order, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. BetOnline has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As the football season continues, it's March towards the playoffs. BetOnline.ag remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus from basketball, football, the NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021-22 season. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. If there's anyone I feel bad for when it comes to this season, it's Cam Newton. Like, Cam is doing everything he can to help this team win. Like, I really think that what we're watching from Cam is, like, the best that Cam can be at this point in his career. He's been through getting beat up here in his organization before he came back, and since he's come back, he's just gotten beat up. And he's tried to do everything he can to help this team win, and it's just not happening. He has not won a game as a starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers since 2018. 2018, man. And he talked about just having the perspective of being a father. His kids know who he is and like what he does for a living and just trying to have perspective of that and just trying to go out and be professional and to try and get a win and not to focus on anything else and put blame on anyone else. And Cam Newton has never placed the blame on anyone but himself and him needing to be better. And yeah, Cam could absolutely be better, hopefully, but I just don't think that he has much more than what we've seen from him this season. And the situation also hasn't been perfect to where, what can you really expect? Like what we got out of him today, what we got him against Washington is really all anyone should expect for the Carolina Panthers to be able to get from Cam Newton and get out of him. And sometimes that's enough to win. And today it wasn't enough to win. And against teams like Buffalo, who have a great defense like they have and offensively are capable of putting up 31 points on a good Panthers defense that has come back to earth recently. And it's not like, they were out. They had three passing touchdowns. Josh Allen did, but he didn't put up massive numbers at all. So it's not like Buffalo just went up and down the field in Carolina, but they're just a better football team. I feel bad for Cam. I really do. He came back here, wanted to bring the pride back to Carolina, and it was a fun two weeks. That's really what we got. And since then, it just has been frustrating loss after frustrating loss, even though we all see it coming. And for Matt Rule, man, things are just... They're bad. They're bad. I just... I mean, what is there even to say? Like, well, The team stinks. We're, we're all, it's Christmas week here in the year two of this head coach, and his team stinks. The quarterback issue is his own creation. The offensive line issue is something that's been here, but it's only gotten worse. 
The defense has been fixed. They've been good. And a kicker who's been one of the only bright spots this season, he unfortunately got hurt today. But everything about this team stinks right now. The effort was there. The execution wasn't there again. The boneheaded penalties, I mean, got 12 men on the field, all the wasted timeouts. It's like, what are we even doing here? You get a fourth down, you call a timeout, and then you throw it on fourth to one. You claim it's Cam. That's who made the wrong read. Okay, that may very well be true. And I guess he didn't need to see see the film to know that. He also feels like he seems to be a lot quicker to um, placing blame on Cam than he ever has been with P.J. Walker or Sam Darnold, who, I mean, there was days where Sam just throwing three picks and Matt's not wanting to really say anything about how poorly he's playing when it's so obvious and evidence to everyone out there. And speaking of Sam Darnold, when asked about how can they fix the passing game and whether Sam Darnold might be a factor, if Sam Darnold's healthy this week, he's starting on Sunday against Tampa Bay. Just prepare yourself for that. That's what's going to happen. Because Cam Newton played well enough today, they didn't have to go to the two-quarterback system, which is what Matt Rule said that he wanted to do, wanted to incorporate P.J. There was a situation where they were going to do that, but because they got a short field, they could still run the kind of offense that they wanted to run, and they decided not to put P.J. Walker in. Also, Cam Newton protected the football and played about as well as we should expect out of Cam in his second stint here in Carolina, trying to learn the offense and also physically not being where he was back in the past when he was younger because of all the hits that he's taken. And there is questions of just about how effective he can really be long-term past this season if he does get an opportunity. But they got about as much as you can ask for out of Cam Newton today. And again, this is not on him. But Sam Darnold is going to get an opportunity again here. And because Sam Darnold is the only quarterback on the roster who is under contract because he came in as a starting quarterback, and the only reason he's not the starting quarterback right now is because of injury – don't be shocked if he plays on Sunday and he starts on Sunday if he's healthy. I guess they're going to check out his shoulder on Monday, and then they'll come up with a decision whether he's going to start. But I would not be shocked at all if Matt Rule starts Sam Darnold. Because, again, they have not had a 300-yard passing game since Sam had one back in Minnesota. And, look, Sam was the main starter even the weeks since then, in the last 10 weeks where he has been one of the main issues of why the passing game has been so dreadful. But Matt Rule is going to put him back out there. And when Matt Rule does that, he is going to lose and alienate whoever supports him at this point in time here in Carolina. I don't even know if I can necessarily consider myself a Matt Rule supporter. It doesn't matter to me who the head coach is of the Carolina Panthers. I just want the team to win. If it's Matt Rule, if he's going to be the right guy, then I need him to do a lot of things this offseason to get these things fixed. But it doesn't matter to me whether Matt Rule's head coach or not or if they go out there and they hire somebody else. I don't care. I just want whoever's going to help this football team win and be consistent and successful. And I was sold by David Tepper that Matt Rule is going to be that guy. Okay, if he's going to be that guy, again, I feel like you need more time than just two years. But things are getting worse. And they're going to look even worse here in the next couple of weeks. Is Tampa? I don't see Tampa taking a week off here. That NFC race for the one seed is tight right now. Arizona lost again to the to the Lions on the road. Uh, L.A. with the Rams, they got a chance now to tie that division. Green Bay, they're right there for, with it. Tampa's right there with it. And, and no team, I feel like, was the last couple of years. Basically, the only, reason, the only way you go to the Super Bowl is you get a bye. The only team that hasn't done that recently was Tampa Bay, who has the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. So no surprise that, of course, it was them who got it done. So Tampa's not going to be taking the week off 
next week or in the final week of the season. They're going to have to win every game here on out if they want to be the number one seed in the NFC and they want everything to go through Tampa Bay because otherwise they're going to have to either go to Arizona, which I think they probably play themselves out of it, or they're going to have to go to Lambeau Field or L.A. And no one's trying to go to Lambeau. When they did it last year, there was no one in the stands outside of a couple thousand people. It's going to be a whole different ball game, and you never know what the weather might be and what you're going to be walking into. Now, Tom Brady, he got sick of playing in the cold. That dude's not worried about the weather. I don't see Tampa, you know, taking a week off. Uh, New Orleans, I guess they play Sunday Night Football as I'm recording this during the Falcons game as they're losing to the 49ers, whatever. Uh, 49ers are about to basically lock up their spot in the in the wild card with uh, they can win, get it to 8-6. But the Panthers, they're done. Falcons, obviously, they're not going to be a playoff team. But, man, Matt Rule, man, he could be done here soon, too. He could be because this is just not a good situation. And that's basically all I can say about it because I just don't know what else I will even want to say about this team right now. This is a post-game reaction. There's nothing really to react to. The team just stinks. <laughs> and it's not going to change over the next couple weeks. It was a boring, dull game. Gross Matos had a really good game. ton of credit to him. Oh, wait, yeah, like two and a half sacks. He was great. Um, Zilstra again. Tip of the cap to Zilstra. Cam gave his heart. Played his heart out. Gave it a good enough effort. I mean... The best effort he can give us at this point in his career. So credit to him. And not, that still doesn't mean he's the answer long term because, like, the passing game hasn't been any better under him than it was with Sam Darnold. We've had turnovers the last couple weeks. Only had one today that didn't matter. It's just – it's tough to watch. That's all I got for you guys. All right. So, um, again, going to try to do a mailbag again here on Friday, December 24th, Christmas Eve coming up. So get those questions to me. At Julian Council, either at me or DM me. Make sure to follow me. Also, rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Uh, check us out also on Spotify and all of the other spots out there where you can listen to this show. All right, that's it. I'll talk to you guys on Tuesday. Goodbye. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.